Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we are talking about Minute 69, which begins with Max heading into the woods to investigate, and it ends with Jesse wrapped in a blanket in the farmhouse. Is this the last time that Max sees Jesse alive? It could be argued that Jesse is technically still alive when they bring her to the hospital. That's true. But I think this is the last time that Jesse sees max and vice versa before the incident on the road <laughs> okay yeah that's a little depressing yeah that the last time they're together they don't even get to like be together it's a quick you know oh there's a problem let me hand you off to may so i can go try and fix it yeah, yeah realize it's unfortunate the last thing that max says to jesse and as an extension to may he kind of says it to both of them he says it's gonna be all right oh. and things oh. do not end up all right <laughs> oh that's awful yeah <laughs> okay yeah i wanted to point out that some people might chuckle at it being minute 69 but it is an incredibly you know unsexy minute <laughs> A lot of people hear Thanks, six son. minutes 69 and they're like, ooh, and then you watch it and you're like, oh, oh. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pinnacle of maturity here on this podcast. Absolutely. But, okay, so getting back on track. Max hands Jesse off to May and then he starts moving towards the woods and he kind of waves Benno to follow him. And you said off mic that it kind of makes it feel like Max is definitely the one who has had more experience with Benno and May and this area. Yes, he's very casual with Benno. He doesn't need to be introduced to him at all. Like Jesse was sort of introduced to Benno and the idea of Benno by May. You know, don't mind him. He's just a big baby. Max doesn't have any such direction. He just, he seems very familiar with Benno. So I think this is an argument for this is where Max is from. Mm, absolutely. So Benno kind of looks both ways. He considers his options mm -hmm. and ends up following Max. Yeah. Well, let's rewind a bit. Okay. So before, because before we see that, May leads Jesse away. So Max is heading into the woods and May is leading Jesse away. And May says, come on, darling. Come on, Jesse. We'll go into the house. Hey, come on. And we go from May leading Jesse away to kind of a, a closer shot on Max as he turns back one more time. He just goes to look to make sure that they're going off. And then Benno just kind of pops into the screen, almost like he steps into it or something like that. Yeah. Benno spends a lot of time, I think, standing still. Mm -hmm. He doesn't move around a lot. He yeah. just stands there. Yeah. So he moves into frame and then he kind of looks at Max. He looks back at the farmhouse, looks back at Max. And I can't help but think that Benno is thinking what I'm thinking at this moment. Why is Max going back into the woods? Yeah. What does Max think he's going to do to help out Jesse by leaving her alone at the farmhouse? I mean, granted, he does have the magic shotgun from the from the beach scene earlier. Yes, which means that Toe Cutter doesn't have it. Right, and Max can probably take all of them out with ever, without ever having to reload once. Probably. 
But at the same time, why, and I ask why this is his first instinct, it's probably because he's a cop and so he's switching into cop mode of right that's what he does i need to go clear and investigate and everything like that but at the same time you should have waited for backup yeah he's just one guy yeah and if there are multiple bikers in the woods that were just terrorizing your wife the best thing for him to do would be to stay with jesse yes i think yes i agree and we know as observers who know what's coming up they're already out of the woods. Right. The so, bikers have already ran probably like a wide berth around mm-hmm. and are soon to be in the farmyard. So they're no longer in the woods. Right. Max is going there on a false errand. He's just getting himself out of the way so that the bikers can deal with Jesse and May without any sort of, well, with with minimal protection. Right. I, and like I've said this before, like we are armchair generals watching things absolutely (laughs) so far after the fact but at the same time him going into the woods i think is wrong on multiple levels first of all it's tactically irresponsible he's outnumbered he's going in completely blind to a situation that he doesn't understand i mean what is benno gonna do like he's not the hulk he can't just start swinging fists and defeat everybody yes He's just another body. Exactly. So, like I said, tactically irresponsible. I think it's emotionally irresponsible because he shouldn't be passing Jesse off to May. He should be staying with Jesse. And if all three of them, four if you include Benno, are going back to the farmhouse, Jesse might be able to say, oh, hey, where's the baby? Or Max would say, let me get Sprog. Right. You know, if they're all together in a family. Send Benno to get Sprog. Exactly. I mean, they're probably great together. I mean, Sprague would throw the ball further than he can reach, and Benno could just pick it up and bring it back to him, and they'd get along great. But if they stayed together, they would have discovered either Sprague is missing sooner than they discover it now, or they would have been able to collect Sprague before the gang gets a hold of him. Mm -hmm. So it just baffles me why he would go back into the woods. It just seems like a bad idea all around. Yes, Story-wise, we needed to separate Max and Jesse mm-hmm. for... For what's coming down the road. Yes. Poor choice of words. We need to set up the emotional sequence of events to get what we need Max to be at the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because so part of that's the, why he went into the woods. Right, because part of the reason he goes mad at the end of the movie is because he wasn't there to keep bad things from happening. Right. He was too busy trying to keep bad things from happening just in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, of course he's going to feel guilty about, but I don't think he necessarily should. He, his intention was to keep bad things from happening and he did what he thought was the right thing to do, which turned out to be the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should feel guilty for that. Yeah, we're definitely going to... I definitely see him, you know, I would feel guilty for that too. I think most people would. We're definitely going to talk about that more. Probably... Oh, yeah. Not in the hospital, but directly following the hospital. Yes, I think we have a lot of psychological things... Mm-hmm. coming up yeah, a lot we, of action and a lot of psychological action we definitely want to save that for the beach scene coming up uh, one thing that i kind of saved for today and didn't bring up yesterday uh, benno is played by an actor named max fairchild so he has a top four on imdb and number one on that list is mad max to the road warrior and something that's brought up in the crew commentary and 
shared all over the trivia pages is that Max Fairchild is the only other actor besides Mel Gibson to be in both Mad Max and Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior. He plays a vastly different character in the sequel. I was going to ask if it was the same character. It's not Benno once we get to Road Warrior. He's attributed as Broken Victim. We're going to see him next when we meet Lord Humongous. Okay. Max Fairchild is in that scene. Okay. So we have that we'll to make look sure, forward to. Yeah, we'll make sure I notice him and point him out. Yeah, he's the uh, the quiet one. He's not the one that does a lot of shouting, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So like I said, Road Warrior is number one for him. Mad Max is number two for him. Number three is 1987's The Howling 3, subtitle The Marsupials. <laughs> Okay. So the Howling series is, it's a series of werewolf movies where scientists or doctors or whatever are hunting these werewolves that are terrorizing communities. I did kind of a cursory examination of the series. I think there's like seven of them, of the the Howling movies. Okay. And the Howling 3 specifically is about basically a race of, I think, were marsupials. Like, take werewolves and take marsupials and, like... Right. It's the same kind of idea. Right. I mean, I I don't even know what you'd necessarily call them outside of were-marsupials. Because that is such a dumb name. And, I mean, the Howling movies aren't exactly the height of horror in cinema, for sure. But, I mean, by the third movie, they went from, I think, Europe to America, and now they're going to Australia to hunt these creatures. And I watched the trailer for it, and it is... Oh, it's something else. I just, it's schlocky horror. Okay, I was going to ask if it was like B-movie type stuff. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Okay. They pour all of their budget into special effects and creature things and whatnot and save no money for the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) That type of thing. Okay. So in The Howling 3, Max Fairchild plays a character named Thilo. And I think, based on what I saw in... The trailer, he's one of the the were creatures, one of the people that transform into something monstrous. Okay. Um, now, so far, we've had the Mad Max movies. We've had schlocky horror. Number four on Max Fairchild's IMDb top four is 1977's The Getting of Wisdom, where he plays Mr. O'Donnell. Um, vastly different. Vastly different genre. The Getting of Wisdom is based on a novel by the Australian novelist Henry Handel Richardson about a precocious young woman in a boarding school in Australia. Um, Yeah, it's very prim and proper and everyone's all about, you know, manners, but at the same time they're like in a school and so the young woman has dreams of music and art and stuff like that. It kind of reminded me of like if Anne of Green Gables had money and went to a nice school. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? Instead of living with her aunt and uncle. Yeah. Are they her aunt and uncle? Adopted. Yeah. See, I don't know anything about Anne of Green Gables. You know <laughs> way too much about Anne of Green I Gables. I do. I do. know way too much. Yes, you do. But I feel like as far as these other movies are concerned, you would be more likely to watch The Getting of Wisdom. Yeah, it sounds like a touchy-feely coming-of-age movie. Yeah. Yeah. And you would be more likely to watch The Howling 3? Yeah. 
I think that's a, a safe assessment, for sure. Although, I would definitely have to call in my buddies right. to watch The Howling 3, because it's... I just... Okay, having no experience with The Howling series, I cannot speak ill of it, because I have no knowledge of it. Right. You know? There must be some level of success, because you said there were... How many? Like There's a lot. Like nine or something? More than you... More than I'm comfortable in admitting. I think I saw up to seven. Okay. But then again... There's also seven Police Academy movies, and I love those, so I don't know. So each one covers a different type of were animal? I guess so. It's either a different setting or a different type of infestation somewhere else. And Okay. And these movies, are they an Australian production? I don't think so. Okay. You think they're American? I think they're American. Okay, where were we? So going back to the actual minute at hand... (laughs) (laughs) So Max and Benno run out into the woods and we transition inside the farmhouse. As we cut into the farmhouse, we're 20 seconds into this minute. And so this shot is going to comprise the last 40 seconds of this minute. Yes. Basically May leading Jesse into this living room, setting her down on the couch, wrapping her in a blanket, and then leaving to go make a phone call. As May is leading Jesse into the room, She says, you've had an awful time, darling, but it's all over now. Everything's going to be all right. I've just got to go and make a phone call, and then we'll have a nice hot cup of tea. I'd like to think at this point, May has an inkling that more is going on than just Benno scaring Jesse. Yeah. Because why would would Max ask her to call for the Dark One, which was a request she took seriously, Mm -hmm. because that's the call she's going to make. Yeah. So she must realize that more is going on Mm -hmm. than what she had thought still outside. For sure. Yeah, I don't think she's blaming Benno anymore. No. Absolutely. I did notice that when May sits Jessie down on the couch, she wraps a blanket around her. Jessie, about that time, leans forward to put her head between her knees, Mm -hmm. which is what you're supposed to do when you're, like, winded or you don't feel well. You're supposed to put your head between your knees. May pushes Jessie back up yeah. and sits her up. <laughs> like, no, let her put her yeah. head between her knees. Um, yeah. May's, May's a nice old lady. She is a very nice old lady. and Very caring and very nurturing and whatnot. Yes, and we learn that one thing I like about May and her characterization in this movie is that she's not in it for very long, but we learn a lot about her. Mm-hmm. She is very caring she has taken very good care of this mentally disabled son of hers, who is, how old would you guess Benno is? 30s. Yeah, at least, if not like 40, but yeah. at least latter half of 30s. Yeah. So she's taking very good care of him his entire life. She's got this farm that she's running. You know, we know that she's a, a loving, kind woman who has that reputation out in the community. We know a lot about her. She has, she's very dynamic. And coming up in the next few minutes... We learn even more that she's not only caring and compassionate and people love her, that she's also tough as nails. Right. And not afraid to to act when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. So she's only in the movie for a few minutes, but she is a fantastic female character. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I like that she is so willing to jump to action when all she really has to go on is what Max and Jesse have said. Yes, which isn't much. No, it's not much I mean, much does she all. ever really get the story of what happened to Jesse even no. afterwards? I don't think so. Nope. But she's so trusting that if they think that something is wrong, that she's not going to downplay that. That she's going to act on it. She doesn't second guess 
Max, when he tells her to go make the phone call, Mm -hmm. get the dark one here, she immediately goes and does it. Yeah. So as we were watching the crew commentary, we got to this scene and all they could really talk about was the fact that they couldn't remember if the farmhouse was abandoned when they filmed in it, but they did note that a lot of the furniture in the room, like, came from people's homes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, a couch from here, a table from there chairs from who knows where yep and i've got to say if that house was abandoned at the time that they filmed there they did a very good job of dressing it up and making it appear homey yes they did a very good job it looks like the type of place that you would want to go and Mm -hmm. be in and it also speaks to may's character that i just finished glowing about it it lends itself to to what we know about her her ability to keep a homestead yes yeah, yeah. I liked what they what they brought to the conversation, especially they talked about how it's a very classical Australian home. Yes. Home, uh, rewind. It's a very classical Australian homestead with like the large windows and the big open rooms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you when you come to a space and you have room to build, if you can build out, if you have the means and the materials, right. yeah, like the space was certainly there. So. It makes sense that all these people coming from England, where space is a commodity. Yep. To Australia, where space is a premium, yep. <laughs> that they would just build these beautiful, expansive houses. Yes. And have these, yeah, large farms and spread out. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. Yeah, I really like the look of this building, and I really hope that it's still standing in some capacity, that the school that occupies that area now mm-hmm. are still using it for something and that they haven't torn it down. <laughs> yes. I know that the college that I went to was on the property of an old mansion. And the mansion itself was used as administration offices and a few school, a few classrooms. And then the third floor of the mansion was a ballroom. Mm -hmm. And so that was like our lecture hall. We had another smaller lecture hall, but that was the room that could hold the most people. Yeah. So that was the room that we used when we had like all school assemblies, um... And I think most semesters I had at least one class mm. in that room. It was a beautiful 18, I don't know, maybe 1860s, yeah, 1870s, maybe around there. Mansion, so it was very beautiful. So, you know, we the, the school had purchased this property and had built other buildings on it, but used that building. Mm. It fit everything they could in there. Yeah. I'm sometimes a little bummed out. The college that I work for, all of the buildings were built in essentially the early 60s right so there's nothing very early 60s a little bland a lot of concrete yeah a lot of concrete a lot of brick yeah but the new the newest building the tech center Mm. is beautiful it's got like sweeping lines and big windows you very much tell that it was built modern yeah and we've built you don't have any like classic old yeah i mean we've continued to build up and utilize more buildings and satellite locations and whatnot but yeah there's nothing that really like nothing is really old like when the school first started it was in the basement of an old schoolhouse on the other side of town and then when it grew to the point where they were building their own buildings Mm -hmm. that's when we kind of moved over to the campus we're at now but yeah there's no there's nothing truly old on there i mean granted like we've passed 50 years at this point of being an institution but but at the same time it doesn't really count the style of the you know 60s wasn't i don't know it was it it has its points you know it, it the style of the 60s is part of our history it's just not not as appealing to me as the style of 
you know, Art Deco in the 20s and then before that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, here in New same. England, we have old buildings. Like yes. we have towns that were incorporated in like the 1750s. Yep. Like I looked up when uh, the English first arrived in Australia and started building up settlements and it was, you know, the 1780s. Oh, okay. So know. around the same time as so like we... New England ish. Yeah. I'm not great with history. Um, I was like, I think America was first settled in the late 1600s. Let me check, double check that. Okay, yeah. Let's do our homework. So as far as American settlement is concerned, Jamestown down in Virginia was settled in 1607. Oh, okay. So roughly 180 years. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. 1780. It's relatively close, yeah, but. Roughly. Yeah. But you can still find, probably find just older heritage buildings at this point in certain areas of Australia. And you can definitely find older building, older heritage buildings in this area of New England. And it's like, they have a certain charm about them. Absolutely. I love many of the towns, many of the larger towns in our area have historic districts. And they're my favorite ones to drive through. I'll go out of my way to drive through a historic district. Mm -hmm. And I would assume, I would assume that Australia also has historic districts oh certainly where yeah those buildings that are old and beautiful are protected and it's quite possible do we know the age of this farmhouse do we know when this farmhouse was built not specifically okay it's it's not common knowledge okay the specifics of this property if this farmhouse is old enough it might be protected Hmm. that that they can't tear it down. That whoever owns it must keep it in good repair. Yeah. So I would assume that the school who owns the property is using that building in some capacity. Yeah. I'd like to think that somewhere down the road, if we can make it to Australia, <laughs> um, that I'd like to take a trip to visit this school and just kind of maybe like call them ahead of time and be like, hey, we're tourists from America. Can we come look at your administrative building or whatever it is? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they'll let strangers just come into an elementary school. Yes, say we'll we'll walk get around. we'll get visitor passes. Maybe we'll meet one of the secretaries, and she can take us on a tour, and we can take pictures and whatnot. <laughs> I can hope. You can. I can. Hope. You can. The worst they can say is no. The worst they can do is call the cops for these strange Americans who well, want to hang out in an elementary school. That's why we call ahead of time. Yes. I say you got to remember who you're dealing with. I don't run off. You know, without a plan? Certainly not. (laughs) Certainly not. So, speaking of making phone calls, the last thing we hear in this minute is May on the phone. She's in the other room. She's successfully called up the the police, and she's asking them to send the dark one. Mm -hmm. And we technically only get half of the sentence before the minute cuts us off. Yeah. So, we'll pick that up tomorrow for sure, but... It's it's kind of nice to see Jesse in a moment of relief. Yes. That she has successfully gotten out of the woods and got to a point where she is safe. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that more tomorrow. Yeah, cuz we're going to we're going to have a sudden realization and a spring to action. Mhm. And a lot of crisscrossing of a yard back and forth. But we yeah. will we will get to that tomorrow. Yes. So join us then. In the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at madmaxminute, like us on Facebook, and join our listeners page, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 69. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and men. Take me